OG Podcast Network presents. Welcome to Fireside. First off, welcome to Fireside. We'll be talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mickey's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we choose. Even a superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my power, earth too. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti, and with me as always are my wonderful sidekicks first, Mr. Baby Huey. What's going on? What's going on? What's like going tr- on? I like What's how he tried to sing on? it. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Trying to beat you two to the punch. What's going on? It's never going to happen. We're going to uh, do it each time. So uh, you might I as well know. just get used to it. And then there's Mauer. Beep you. Yep, there he is. Beep you. And he's back. Beep you. Beep you very uh, much. He's still doing it. Beep you. It's like he's on repeat. Beep it's, you. It's like you know when you when you play you you put your uh, you. playlist on shuffle, but you don't you don't realize it like Beep repeat you. one is on oh, the entire time. How do you fix Beep him? You. Fix him, Menti. I don't know if Beep he can. You. Tickle his feet. Beep you. I ain't touching his feet. Tick, tickle his feet. Beep you. <laughs> Beep you. <laughs> don't look at me like that. Beep you. I don't I don't know what's happening, and I don't know how to make it stop. Beep you. It's it's. This the is, worst part about it is I'm going to hear this in my nightmares. Beep you. Like, I was going to say sleep, but it's a guaranteed nightmare now. Beep you. I'm going to go get Mrs. Mauer. Beep you. <laughs> the weirdest part about it is his cadence hasn't changed Beep you. at all. I know. Like it, it, To Beep those you. who are listening, I promise you, we didn't just Beep like you. take one of these and repeat it. Beep like, you. He's, he's legitimately doing this on his own. Beep you. <laughs> Nobody's forcing the him to do this. You. The, the, the this is just a decision done. that Mauer made. And he's running away, and and it's it's impressive. Beep I'll give you. Him that. I will break one of your toys. Beep you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, I mean, there. Well, waste a couple minutes. Welcome to the Saturday Show. If you're new around here, that's where we're not talking about the news. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. All right. Yeah. No, Mrs. That's, Mauer that's... just asked me to stop saying beep you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Because <laughs> you're so loud, she can hear you. It was the weirdest thing. That was probably the weirdest. Like, you know, you think you can't be surprised after three years, but then Maurer goes and does something like that. <laughs> I try. Beep so, you. yeah. <laughs> Beep you. It's, it's, it's so it's weird same. how you, like, your cadence is exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's called voice control. Learn it. Ooh. I don't want to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we were thinking with uh, all of the San Diego Comic-Con announcements from Hall H this year, uh, we figured it would be a good idea to maybe start talking about some of the different uh, characters that maybe aren't as familiar you know, with the, the mainstream audience. And also, we want to set a few things straight because there's a bunch of haters out there. Like Mauer? Cup of haters. <laughs> no, I... I like this idea. I'm just not a fan of the director that we're getting. And it's not any fault of his. He makes great movies for the people that like that style. It's just not for me. I would well, love somebody like... First off, what are we talking about? Well, I'll get there. Um, I like how you want to tell... You say the news before anybody has an idea of what I you're I want Peter about. Jackson to direct Thor. There we go. You that know. would be cool, but no. 
I'm, no. I want to see where he goes next. We've got Tahiki Wahui. <laughs> now I can't even say it. <laughs> Gail got it. Waikiki Tahiti. Well, first, I don't really want to talk about the movie. I oh. want to talk about where it's coming from. Well, where's it coming from? I figure what Marvel? we should do is just talk about Jane Foster. Beep you. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> You it's, know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little peek behind the curtain. Every time I say "beep you," in my head, it's jumping back to "So I Married an Axe Murderer," the poem in the beginning, where he's oh like, my "Woman God. and Whoa, a one and man. a two. Whoa, man. two. She was a thief. You, you gotta believe. Too. She stole my heart and my cat. Betty. Oh my Josie. God." I love that you know the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judy, Josie, and those hot pussy cats. Somebody get this man they a candle to blow horny. out right now. Saturday morning. Girls of cartoons will leave me in ruins. I want to be Betty's Barney. Jane, get me off this crazy thing. You call love. Mjolnir. <laughs> and and <laughs> thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Getting back into what the topic is. So, Jane Foster uh, Thor. With with Phase 4, we've got Jane Foster's Thor, we have Shang-Chi, and we have the Eternals, which to a lot of people are going to be fairly new. I mean, these aren't your standard run-of-the-mill versions of characters or just characters in general that those who are getting into comic books with the movies are going to know what they're, you know, why they're important or what their relevance are. And even Jane Foster's Thor is relatively new compared to everything else that was announced. So it was kind of cool that we made this kind of a jump. It, it does go, it's par for the course with getting Falcon Cap at the same time, because this all happened around the uh, the same period of comics recently with all new, all different Marvel. Uh, but Jane Foster Thor, a lot of people were against it, but man, she, she proved herself. Before we get into know Jane Foster Thor, we need to know Jane Foster. Yes, that's what I figure what we should do today is really just give a breakdown because to be very honest, this a lot of people got mad when Jane Foster became Thor. Beep you. But <laughs> it's not her first time being Thor, first off. It's also not her first time being a god, and it's also not her first time merging with an Asgardian. All of these things have happened before. This is just the first time she got the name Thor. Now, the, True. the biggest reason why I think that the backlash happened in the comic is a similar reason why there's backlash now is people thinking it's being done just for diversity's sake. The Jane Foster Thor thing never felt like it was forced. I no. Mean, that's what I thought was so great about it. Like, the X-23 Wolverine thing, eh. Um, Falcon Cap even got some backlash because it felt Thor, uh, for, <laughs> forced. forced. Uh, Miles Morales was definitely feeling forced until they pulled that back. This is one of the few times where they were doing a storyline it worked so well and dovetailed so nicely into that storyline that it worked and people liked it once they started reading it. Like, I know a lot, there's a lot of people out there who say that it was a, it, that that Thor that portion of Jason Aaron's Thor run was was the lowest in sales. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think that's true because she does feel very beloved, uh, but there are people out there who vehemently hate this version of Thor. And there's going to be people out there that don't want change in their comic heroes, and that's okay. But here's the thing. This isn't new. I don't understand. Like, for people who say, like, you know, comic fans never wanted this. Well, you know, comic fans also got Wally West from Barry Allen, and we all love that. We all got Green, We all got Hal Jordan from Alan Scott. We all love that. Whoa. I mean, this isn't our first time 
getting a new version of a character that was, I mean, I don't want to say superior by any means, but at least neck and neck. I th- I think Jane Foster's Thor deserves her time in, in the sun. Yeah, like uh, people love uh, Bucky Cap. Absolutely. Truth. Absolutely. I mean, look, how many characters can you go through? Danny Ketch. Were you a Danny Ketch fan? I know you're like Johnny Blaze more, but did you like Danny Ketch? I like all the Ghost Riders minus uh, <laughs> Ghost Driver. So, but, yeah. But my point is the passing the mantle is par for the course for comics. So I don't understand why it was such a big deal because, as we all know, comics go back to their status quo eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? it was only a matter of time before everything went back to normal. What about, like, Dick Grayson and Batman? Do people... People liked that because it people have been waiting for Dick Grayson to be Batman forever. Okay. Um... I think what's happening with the backlash in the movie is similar to what I was saying uh, for the Doctor Strange movie as well, is people want to see a badass Thor movie where it's just Thor the whole time. He's not fighting. Like, this next phase, it's almost like a weight is lifted off of the creative direction because they don't have Thanos to have to cram into the movie. So I think people wanted to just see Thor be Thor for a movie and go have a good time. But when you say, okay, it's going to be Thor and it's going to be this and he's going to get Jane Foster Thor, like, that's a lot going in there and that's a fast jump from we just saw, you know, King Thor at the end and now we're automatically jumping to Jane Foster Thor. But that's what the MCU is. The MCU is a condensed version of our normal 616 world. I mean, look at look at uh, well, Captain America's story arc goes right into Civil War. It's like, like a six, 616 with a little bit of ultimate thrown yeah. in there. Right. It is a condensed version of everything we've seen from Marvel thus far. A hodgepodge. A hodgepodge. We'll call it that. Jane Foster and the hodgepodge. All right. So <laughs> how long has Jane Foster been into Thor? Wow. Pause. Pause. Wow, why would you word it that way? Are we still making this joke? So it goes back to Journey into Mystery 84, which uh, Thor first came in 83, so one issue later. Uh, and I believe it was like a month apart. Wow. Uh, but yeah, she was introduced as the love interest for Donald Blake. Who's uh, Donald Blake? Donald Blake was the all uh, the alter ego of Thor at the time. So in you know, it's par for the course for comics to have your hero have an alter ego. So for Thor, they wanted to make it uh, Thor become something that he turned into. So when he was banished to Earth, he didn't show up as Thor. He became Donald Blake, and until he actually grabbed the, the Mjolnir for the first time, he didn't even understand that he was Thor. Yep, he and was he a feeble old memories. man, Doctor so, Donald old. Blake. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I get him old, but I mean, and that that survived for quite a long time. For for quite a while, that you know, that's how we had, that's how it worked. You had Donald Blake, and you had Thor, and but what was unique is that uh, Jane wasn't wasn't uh, didn't she wasn't shocked. I shouldn't say shocked. She was let in on the Thor secret pretty early on. Yeah, it was one of the few secret identities that it was okay to know. Well, I guess when. Your secret identity, like your hero portion, is a god. You're not really worried about much. Well, the the, the gradual progression of Thor from the beginning was to was really to get rid of Donald Blake. I mean, what made Thor fun was not necessarily Donald Blake. That's why eventually uh, he was removed in the Walt Simonson run, which is one of the first things they did was get rid of Donald Blake because it was more about Thor being badass Thor, like Maurer always says he wants to see, less about him being a doctor walking around with an umbrella. Walking stick. Yeah. The walking stick. Yeah. Get it right. My point is, is that it's <laughs> a, he was an, an unnecessary part. Uh, he was necessary in the beginning, but became unnecessary rather quick. 
It's funny that that's the biggest thing as a kid I remembered of Thor, though. Donald Blake. Was Donald Blake and him taking the umbrella or walking stick and it turning into Meow Meow. Yeah, to bang it on the ground. Yeah. yeah. I uh, miss Donald Blake in the comics. Like, that was an iconic image of, like, when you took the stick, slammed it onto the ground, the lightning struck it, and you turned into Thor. Like, that was a cool image. And for when it came out, which was in the 70s, it made sense. But as you moved on and all the other heroes progressed into these action-packed, fast-paced heroes, it changed. But Jane was there from the beginning. Well, let's talk about Thor 136 for a second. Okay. Because in Thor 136 was the first time she became a god. A what? An actual god. So Odin made her a god and gave her the power of flight. So she was a legit Asgardian with the power of flight. But he did give her powers with some restrictions because he believed that being an Asgardian meant you needed to be brave, which she was not. So he put her in a locked in a room with a big giant crazy monster thing called the unknown. And when it came out, she had like a panic attack and couldn't do it. She wasn't brave enough to take it on. And Thor comes in and saves her. And then Odin strips her of the power uh, of an Asgardian, but at the same time also removes all of her memories from Thor, which just sets up a, her whole story from here on out. So once she loses her memories of Thor, she uh, she goes back to being uh, a doctor and she falls in love with a, another doctor, not Donald Blake. I don't remember his name. He's important to her history, but I don't care about him, so we're just going to refer to him as other doctor from now on. Deal? <laughs> Dr. McSteamy. Dr. McSteamy. Yep. So he's around, and she eventually gets engaged to Dr. McSteamy. He gets his own uh, TV show. Uh, wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I don't, I don't understand that joke. Cra- I want to earth crazy, that very badly. Crazy Nami. Oh, I never saw it. Her too. All right. <laughs> Um, in Thor 236, she gets, wow, 100 issues later. Yeah, well, she, she wasn't gets, around for a while. She's not as, as, we see her as like the lowest lane to Thor, but she's not, she, her character waxed and waned uh, throughout the years. Like, she wasn't around that often because Sif was also a big part of Thor's mythology and, and a big, uh, you know, romantic interest for him. She was with the other doctor. But yeah, she and- was on her, on her deathbed. In the issue that Maurer was talking about. Um, she is the Gwen Stacy to Thor's Spider-Man. Where she was okay. real popular in the beginning, and then you went on to somebody else, and then in recent years became uh, more popular, and, you know, uh, people really wanted to see more stories of it, more, were more interested in it. Well, they kept trying. So going back to the issue that Maurer talked about, when she was on her deathbed, this is one of the worst written parts of Sif's history ever. But Sif, realizing that Thor still had feelings for Jane, decides in the infinite wisdom that is comic book writing at the time to merge herself and sacrifice herself with Jane Foster. So she essentially destroys herself, her essence, and puts what was left of her into Jane Foster, which cured her of whatever illness was made her on her deathbed. But what was crazy about it is she got very similar powers to Donald Blake, where if she wanted to, she could transform into Sif. Hmm. So she became Sif, just like Donald Blake becomes Thor. And that was an idea to kind of revamp her character and make, and make the female Thor Right, instead of Thorito, like Spider-Man called her, you know, but like, like something unique for uh, Jane Foster, and that's a a, a cool concept. Like, Didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, to to have almost a callback to the Donald Blake for her was cool, and it also got to have almost like what we're doing in Flash on the TV show 
with Killer Frost and Caitlin and Caitlin, like two personalities in one person. But as you said, didn't la- didn't last long because nope. people didn't like it because it was change. Well, she goes back to being engaged, and and that that's that for quite a while. Because in the Walt Simonson run, it's mostly about Sif, not really about Thor. And that's when they that's when we lost Donald Blake, and he got a new alter ego, which is to me is the funniest one, um, Sigard Yarson. I think Yarson. That's how you Yarson. Uh, but but it really is just it's Superman. I mean, it's just Thor putting on glasses. That's it. That's <laughs> hey, it. It's all. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> But uh, but at this point, Jane is now married. So Jane marries other doctor, Doctor McSteamy, and Thor is pretty much after Sif for a for quite a long time. So much so that he gets another alter ego before they actually run into each other again, which is Jake Olson, which is actually another human form for Thor. Uh, but that form is works at a hospital with Jane again, and he's like scared to talk to her about you know, who he actually is, right? But she then figures it out on her own, and that's where she now. It's brought back into the regular Marvel universe. Right? Hold on, right? so she's like a normal character. Wait again. a minute, she's supposed to be like the Lois Lane, and he turns into a Jay Olson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Womp, I see. Yep. But um, from there, she just she just did random things, like a random grab bag of stuff. Like she was Tony Stark's personal doctor for a while, uh, and then in Civil War, she was the resident physician for Cap's team, the Underground Avengers. Right. Hmm. Um, she's she stayed pretty relevant on and off for all of these years. Um, she has probably a better place in people's memories than what she actually was. Because when, like you said, when we think of her, we think of her as Lois Lane, but she didn't do this much. But in key moments, she's always there. Right, absolutely, and it's always interesting. Um, the uh, by the way, the since we're just in her history, but now before we get to the actual Jane Thor part, there was a what if where she becomes Thor, which is what if volume one, issue 10, what if Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor? So that is, so again, everybody freaking out over Jane Foster, Thor it's been done. Yeah. <laughs> it's your anger's wasted. Now she um, had a kid. Well, she had a kid and with other Dr. McSteamy and they both die horribly in a car crash. Oh God. And then at the same time she gets diagnosed with cancer. So she doesn't have a very good run of it. So this is now we're in the Jason Aaron's run. Um, which and he's like, I got to get rid of some shit. Uh, kill them, kill them. You're dying. Moving on. Yeah, it really was. That's that's kind of how it felt. Um, and that's uh, right around the original Sin um, uh, book, which is where uh, the original Nick Fury becomes uh, the, what's his name? The Unseen? Yes. And what does, uh, what was said to Thor to make him think he wasn't worthy? Thor was right. Gore was right. Now, Gore is the character from uh, Thor the God Butcher, which, if, again, if you've never read, that's a Jason Aaron's classic, in my opinion. God Butcher is one of the coolest stories, but the God Butcher believed that gods didn't exert, deserve to be alive. They didn't deserve to, to exist because they weren't there for the people who actually worship them. They were just name only, like, you're a god, but what do you do for us? So right. he went on like this vengeful spree to kill all gods, and when... Uh, the unseen whispered that in his ear. He lost all confidence in himself and in, in being a god, and then could no longer lift the hammer. And that's, so that's when what, it was determined that you're the one that determines if you're worthy enough to pick up the hammer, not meow meow. Technically, it's both. And we found that out in the Jane Foster Thor run because there is a there's the oh, what's the name of it? 
uh, the offset or something. I forget. There's a sentient storm inside of Mjolnir that's actually an ancient god. I forget the name of the actual god, but that god chooses who can actually wield it. And for those who aren't worthy, they can't lift it. If they could, it would do damage to them. So it's kind of like merging the ultimate universe idea. Okay. Because it was just so unwieldy. when Because essentially what happened was uh, Odin got um, Uru. And tra- when he was given the Uru, he trapped the sentient storm in it and then asked the dwarves to create a weapon out of it. That's why it has that power of the of you know thunder, lightning, and all that because it is legitimately a sentient cosmic storm and, trapped inside. And that's when the hammer was able to like once a day become human and talk to Jane. Yep, that that happened. But remember, Jane was able to wield the power different, uh, a lot different than Odin's son. Like remember, she how fast she was. Yeah, because it was something that we've never seen him do. Yeah, because it was she almost had like the flash speed at that one scene. Yeah, in the hospital. So, but I'll tell you the issue where she picks up the Thor's hammer because what happens is, well, that's not well, the issue she picks up the hammer when you find out that it's Jane Foster. Because if you remember at this time, nobody knew who it was. Right. It was a big secret. No, it was all of a sudden this female Thor pops up and no one has a clue who it is. Um, but everybody thought it was Sif. Oh, there was all sorts of people actually. Angela Odinson has a had a list. That's what was so cool about when you finally found out, because Odin's son takes the list of people he believes is Thor and shows up to to help new Thor fight the Destroyer, because the Destroyer's wrecking her, like just obliterating her right in the beginning. And she's like, I'm not going to be Thor for five days just to lose to this dude. Uh, and then she's just about like, you think she's going to end. And then Odin's son opens up the um, Bifrost and out comes Scarlet Witch, Sif, uh, Valkyrie, who else? Uh, Black Widow. Was Angela uh, there she- or no? Angela was there, yep. Um, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman was there. Anybody, like any major uh, female characters from the Marvel Universe all showed up to then help. And they, the Destroyer couldn't take on everyone. Carol Danvers was there. Yeah, and they were all people that people had thought might have been Lady Thor. Right, I was just checking all the names off the list. Yeah, they're like, because, okay, here's all the people you think it is. It's not any of them. Now what? Jane, Jane's name was literally cl- crossed off. Like, they already wrote her off a while ago. And then afterwards, she goes to, like, some undisclosed location and takes off that. Takes, first takes the hammer and throws it into space uh, and then takes off the helmet. And then we find out it's sickly, cancer-ridden Jane. Yeah, because I think when she, what, she, when she had the hammer, it was like if she didn't have the hammer for, like, 10, 15 seconds or something, she reverted back. Pretty quick, yeah. It was something. It was a quick time. Yeah, it was very quick. Uh, and the, what's also interesting about it is, it not only does being Thor keep her alive, it keeps the cancer in check, but it also removes all the chemotherapy she goes through. So it also is killing her. At the same, well, it it it's both. It keeps her alive as long as she's Thor, but once she gets rid of the hammer, then cancer takes back over, and it's it's not. It's uncurable at that point because it just spreads too much. So that's one of my favorite things about Jane Foster Thor is that, you know, the Asgardians being damn near immortals. I mean, they're not, but they're damn near immortals. So they don't have a sense of time where when she was Thor, every moment mattered. Right. That's what she was such a fun Thor because like to her, she was on her deathbed every time she let go of that hammer. Now, how did she not die of cancer? So this is where things get wild, and this is where that weird sentient storm comes back into play. So uh, when she dies, which essentially she does, is you know who Monrog is? I think it was Monrog. How do you say it? Monrog? Manrog? The big red... Marog. Marog? Yeah. Something along those lines. But this thing is, it's an old character. It's one of the only characters that, that Odin is scared of. So Odin has is, is pretty terrified of Ma- Ma- Manrog? Monrog? Manrog. Anyway. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it looks like a, you know what it looks like? Like a, like a, like a, tiki statue yeah you know what i mean yeah you're right 
I'll put a picture of it in the show post. But anyway, she's getting wrecked by this thing. And what she the only way to, to destroy it, to defeat it, what she does is she ties it to Mjolnir and then throws Mjolnir into the sun. So it takes him with him and then Manrog, Monrog, Mjolnrog, he's destroyed Manrog. as well as the hammer. But when the hammer's destroyed, it releases the sentient storm. So keep that part in mind. Uh, throughout the whole Jane Foster run, Odin hated her. Odin was like the voice of the fans who just didn't accept her. Um, and at the final scene, when like she defeats the one thing that def- that Odin is scared of, uh, he sees his spirit goes and visits her at the gates of Valhalla and gives her his blessing, saying like, you know, you proved yourself as a warrior. You were allowed to, you know, live the rest of eternity in Valhalla. And she hesitates. So. He's like, since you're not done with life, let's figure out how to bring you back. And Odin and Thor bring that spirit that um, the the god, what is it called? I wish I could remember the name of that god. Uh, the god that lives in that hammer, the sentient storm, uses that to bring her back to life. So that sentient storm god thing is essentially merged with her body and her spirit and brings her back. But they, that's where it's crazy. So what you're she, saying is they comicked her ass back to life. Oh, absolutely. Because she's in War of Realms. For any, for, you know, spoiler alert for War of Realms, she plays a role in that. And she, not only does she play a role in, in War of Realms, you think she's got this, like, janky hammer from another dimension yeah. that's, like, cracked and, like, falling apart. And you think it's, like, this terrible thing. Um, but what it turns out to be is this, like, ancient weapon that can become anything she thinks of. So it, it, when it breaks, it becomes this other weapon for her, which leads into where she is now, which is... Again, spoiler alert for War of Realms, if you're if you're not caught up, unfortunately, the Valkyrie were destroyed by Malekith. And Malekith, um, uh, uh, Brunhilde, is that how you say her name? Brunhilde? Yeah, Brunhilde. Yeah, she's, she, Malekith kills her. Uh, and Jane Foster goes to see her body in the morgue, and her spirit gets up and says, like, you have to be the new Valkyrie. The Valkyrie have to survive. And then grants her the power of the Valkyrie, just like picking up Thor's hammer would be giving her the power of Thor. So she's the new Valkyrie. She actually, there's a new comic coming out called Valkyrie uh, number one, which is Jane Foster as Valkyrie. She looks pretty crazy. Yeah, it looks she's pretty got, badass. Yeah. She's got the, some wings. She's got that weapon that changes into whatever she wants. Venom weapon. <laughs> venom weapon. <laughs> um... And then, you know, she can go toe-to-toe with Thor at that point. Yes, she can. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the status quo has changed with her and her new powers and not being a, a, a damsel at all and not having to worry about dying of cancer and just being a hero at equal level with now, uh, what is it? The uh, What did they just change Thor to? The guy, uh, he's Odin basically. He's now. Odin, but what what's the title? He says the oh, All Father. All Father. Yeah, he's All Father. So you've got Valkyrie, Jane Foster, and All Father Thor. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, War of Realms was outstanding, and where it's going, I, I love. Uh, it's interesting to see to to think about what from that story they're going to take to give to this new movie. Because, you know, I mean, one of the major things that happens to unworthy Thor is he loses his arm. Malekith, does it, I think it's Malekith, cuts, it all, cuts his arm off with Yarnbjorn. Yarnbjorn. He, yeah. he puts the destroyer arm uh, arm on. Mm-hmm. But that's where that's where Jane Foster Thor first comes in. Yep. Yep. Unworthy Thor. Although unworthy Thor was badass. Yes. With Yarnbjorn, yeah. it was pretty cool. Even though I find it funny that, that like, the sentient storm brings back a tiny little piece. Well, actually, a couple little pieces of Mjolnir. And when she gives him this little pebble of Mjolnir, he still has problems lifting it. 
<laughs> so, but, but that is why he was able to have so many hammers when he did get his power back. Remember that first issue had all those hammers raining yeah. from yep. the sky? There was a bit of Mjolnir in each of them. And he called them all back? Uh, I, I, that's a great question. I, he was how, he how was, did Mjolnir come back? He, well, the multi-hammers, he was having the, the dwarves make him t- all these new hammers with that little piece. Uh, so he was able to just call hammer after hammer after hammer. Um, right, but remember they were shattering on Juggernaut? Yeah, and he kept having new hammers made. So like, how did he get Mjolnir back? So at the end of War of Realms, uh, the uh, it comes back out of the sun. Interesting. We're missing all those little pebble pieces. <laughs> Wasn't missing anything, actually. Hmm. It's, yeah. They comicked his ass back to life. Yep. I mean, but again, that's this This goes back to why I, why and, I don't understand why everybody's sad or you, freaked out or upset. Like, remember how upset I was when Spider-Man died? Yeah. Spider-Man died? Yeah, when uh, before this is when we first started recording, but before uh, Superior Spider-Man, <laughs> the best issue ever. I was I was so upset, but at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. In a couple of years, he'll be back. Yeah, you know, Wolverine, same thing. Wolverine was dead for like a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did he just die last week? Um, what were you gonna say, Huey? I was gonna say uh, when the hammer came back, the inscription actually slightly changed on the hammer. Yeah, because it says any one, right? Uh, it says it used to say if he be worthy, it now says if they be worthy. So it's gender gender uh, neutral now. All right. I, look, I really like Jane Foster Thor. I I love the idea of her bringing. I like the idea of Falcon Cap coming into the MCU and Jane Foster's Thor. I know there's a lot of like legacy fans who hate this, but man, I I don't know what to tell you. Passing the mantle to those characters makes a lot of sense. I do like her as Valkyrie better. Because she can honor the history of the Valkyrie, um, and it gives her extra weight, you know, on on the character to be. I mean, the Valkyrie legend is huge, mm-hmm. and what they've done for Asgard and just that. So I think it's almost more important for her to be carrying on the va- uh, the Valkyrie mantle than when she was carrying on the Thor mantle. I, I agree and disagree at the same time. I think her being Thor for a little bit makes Jane Foster Valkyrie more impressive than just Valkyrie. It may it, the Jane Foster part now means a lot more. Does that make sense? Like if it would have just been Jane Foster Valkyrie, she would have just been the Valkyrie and would have been lost to that. But the fact that she had a run as Thor and that it was popular and it did well puts a lot of weight behind her name now cuz now it's not just Valkyrie number 1, it's Jane Foster Valkyrie number 1. Right. No, I'm ex- that makes sense? No, I'm like, actually excited for it. Well, everybody should be excited cuz she's getting a movie in phase four, and you should all go watch it. I'm excited that they actually- even you, Mauer. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll probably like it and hate it because <laughs> there's parts of Ragnarok that I loved when he was badass, and then there was parts where it was the beginning spinning joke drove me nuts because it was the same joke three times in two minutes. Yeah, that was yeah but it made me laugh each time. <laughs> but on that note, Menti, do that thing. You can find the show Welcome to Fireside everywhere online at Welcome to Fireside. Uh, most social media, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew, just welcome to fireside.com is much easier. Again, thank you for all the support. And if you haven't already, uh, a comment, like, share, rate, any of that stuff goes a long way. And we and we appreciate all the support that we've been given thus far. Once again, I'm Menti. I'm Baby Huey. And I'm Mr. Mauer. Beep you. No, you didn't do it right. Beep you. No, it's the same. You can find the show at uh, Beep Kiko. you. You can find the show at OG Podcast Network. That's ogpodcastnetwork.com or the app. Or beepyouminty.com. Beep you. Menti.com. Beep you. Menti.com. Beep you. 
Menti.com. Beep you. Uh, deuces. Deuces. Excelsior.